Father, glory is yours, honor is yours, power is in your name. And so we come tonight just seeking your word and what your, your word has for us. Give me your words to speak, to encourage, to bring truth, and just light a fire in our souls, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so this is, you don't have to turn to this one, but it's John 16, 33, and I quote this so many times and talk about it, but I want it, I want to use this verse to kind of set the stage for what we're going to talk about, and it's John 16, 33, and it says, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And this sets the stage for, as I was trying to like prep for the sermon, and I have so many things, so many things running through my head of like, ooh, let's, let's talk about this, let's teach about that. And so I'm trying to decide and, and be like, all right, Lord, which one do you want? On Thursday or Wednesday this week, we, we got a, the diagnosis on Haley that she has neurofibromatosis uh, one, I believe, which is comes with tumors, comes with learning disabilities, comes with uh, issues in giving birth and that sort of stuff. And so, you know, I, had I think I had talked about it. I don't know if I'd recorded it. And so we, we just kind of just sat there and go, okay. This is not the diagnosis that we wanted, and we're not, we're not different than everybody else who's had diagnosis, cancer diagnosis, and all that stuff, and we're in the same boat going, that's not the diagnosis we wanted. And so it, it set the stage for this sermon, and the question is, is where do you run? Where do you run? And so this issue came up, and our initial reaction was, was sadness, there was fear, uh, there was anger, frustration, and, and we allowed ourselves that. And so we, we kind of sat there, we cried, we hugged, and it was just Kristen and I. Haley doesn't know, and she probably won't until she's of age and ready to, and really understands it. And so that way, um, we're not treating her any different. But so our, those were our initial reactions. And then, and this sounds so cliche, but our next immediate reaction was to come before the Lord. And we came before the Lord, and, and I was going to put on worship, and she's like, we don't need to worship right now. And I said, this is the time we need to worship. Right now is when we need to come before the Lord and worship who He is, what He has done, and what He can do in our lives. And so we worshiped, and we worshiped, and we worshiped, we cried, we wept, and worshiped, and all, all of it just, just I don't know about Kristen, but peace came over me, and strength came over me, and a focus and a clarity came over me. And then we sat together, and we prayed. And then we said, okay, Lord, it's in your court. There's nothing I can do. There's, there's, and, and that's what you have to do, right? The, you have to give it to the Lord right away because what, what, what is stressing about it going to do? 
for me? What's it going to do for me? What's it? It's not. It's going to take away my focus and clarity and and frust- give me frustrations. When in reality, I have no ability to change it, and there's no cures at this point for it. There's no like there's semi treatments to it, but. In the end, whose hands are it really in? Is it really in? It's in God's. And so that's where we put it, and we put it immediately. And you go, well, that's what you're supposed to do. You're a pastor. That's what you're supposed to do, and that's what you're supposed to say. But if you have lived my life and you have seen the things that I have seen, you know that that is the only place you can go. That is the only place that is safe. And it's the smartest thing you can do. And so as I'm... As, as I'm toying with these with the sermons and saying, well, what do, I, what do I talk about in this, Lord? Because if you've listened to any of the sermons, you know that it's all about my life and screw-ups and lessons I'm learning that I'm trying to impart to you guys. And so how, how do I turn my situation into a learning for myself, a teaching for myself, and for everyone else who's going to listen to this. And, and he said, where do you run? And so if you, you, you can, you don't need the Bible for this, the, the, this next part of the sermon, but I wanted to bring in that like human emotions and human reactions haven't changed one iota. The ability to sin <laughs> in, in a vast time has changed, but the sin itself and, and our capacity to sin has not changed from the garden. Which means, to, the, what is your initial reaction to any of life's problems? When you look at it, how do you react to any of these problems? And so, I mean, if you look at Genesis 3.8, very beginning, how do you react to sin? And Genesis 3.8 says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from, from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Yes, hide when you sin. That's your initial reaction, is to hide your sin, to hide yourself, to hide the sin. It's secretive. You don't want it seen. You don't want it known. And this is why I'm, I have always been a huge proponent of confessing our sins. And so that's, again, why I give you my life in a sermon. Because confessing my sins removes the power, removes that isolating strength of the sin. And, and releases me from, a cap, from being captive to it. What's our initial reaction to a calling the Lord has put on us that we don't care for? You know, in the Bible, use, and I'll use Jonah. The whole book of Jonah is him, his initial reaction from hearing the calling, from hearing something he didn't want, is to run away. To run the opposite direction, deny the calling, deny his purpose, deny his abilities to handle that purpose, all of it. Denying everything encompassing of that calling. How often do we do that until it, it's almost 
till God throws a giant fish in your way and you're swallowed and he takes you right there. How often do we run from that? Do we have an initial, we have an initial reaction to one of life's problems is to run to our friends. We run to our friends. We run to them for comfort, for maybe for wisdom, for who knows what, support, anything. Even in our sin, we run to our friends. And you look at Job, right? And you see how well that really turned out. Going to his friends. You know, at, at points you re- read Job and you're like, okay, that's some decent, that's some decent, uh, you know, wisdom and and advice they're giving him and some of it's true but the the you what you can't read and understand is the 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 spirit behind it the the intonations behind it and how they're really coming across but it's not it, it doesn't help him all he ends up doing is arguing with them saying no 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 i'm not at fault for any of this well, yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. And then God finally steps in and does, and, and the rest is history. You know, if you look at Genesis 38, and this was kind of an interesting one, but we do, an initial reaction to life's problems and struggles, we run to sex. We run to the opposite sex. We run to boyfriends, to girlfriends, to husbands, to wives, to the arms of lovers, and we sin in that. And so Genesis 38 is Judah and Tamar. And, you know, if you've read the story and you can read it later, Judah has a son. The son son gets married to Tamar. Son dies without kids. So he says, hey, you know, second son, marry marry your sister or marry your sister-in-law, have a kid so, the, so your brother's line continues. Guy says, nope, don't want to do it. God kills him. And so Judah says, hey, you know, go to your father's house and I'll, I'll get you when my third son is of age so that they continue the line. Judah fails on that promise. Tamar takes it into her hands, becomes pregnant, and so on and so on. So we run to sex. We run to, you know, and it could be pornography, it could be whatever it is, but running to something other than God. You know, and so many times, and if you look in your own life, if I look in my own life, the times that I have needed God and I've run to anything other than God, you know, video games now, it could be, you know, food, right? <laughs> running to food, it could be running to, to, to animals, to work, pouring yourself into work. It could be any and all of these things. To try and fill this void, to try and distract us, everything, take away this pain, the struggle, the tribulation that, that this world has to offer. Yet, if you notice, each and every one of those things is of the world. So to escape the world's problems, we dig ourselves into a deeper world hole. So how is that effective? (laughs) 
you don't treat a bee sting with more bee stings. You, know? <laughs> you don't treat a burn with more burns. So why do you treat a world trouble, a world problem with more world problems? There's no healing, there's no help in it. And so we hide behind a myriad of things to not acknowledge these problems, right? We, we hide behind bravado. So I could tell you, I could stand up here right now and give you all the bravado and say, things are going to be great. God is amazing. Da, 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 da. And, and that's why, you know, most of us, when we go to church and hear that, we're like, that's so fake. You know, how can you be saying that in this horrible time? And it's because it's bravado. You know when it's real and you know when it's fake. We're not, we're not dumb. You know, we hide behind pride. We hide behind station. You know, and some of us, it's status. If you look at Mark 10, 17 through 27. Mark 10, 17 through 27. Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So this man's problem was wanting, his, his struggle was wanting eternal life. And so Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not be, bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have the treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possession. So do you understand that one thing that he lacks? Do you know what it is? He, Jesus just listed out all the commandments. One's missing. Well, a couple are missing. But the big one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And that's the one thing he couldn't do because he hides behind his money. And people think more money is going to take away all my problems. No, it just brings more, right? It's the whole bandaging with the world problems, taking a, treating a problem with another problem. So where do you run? Where do you run? And in the, in the, in, if you've been here and considering that you're in church, you know where I'm going. Run to God. Run to God. Do what we did because there's nowhere else. It's out of the world. He is an out of the world God. He is not held down by the rules of this world. He is not ruled by the world. And so run to God. Psalm 34, 4. Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. So run to God when you are in fear. 
Psalm 37, 5, 6. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. For trust, run to the Lord. Isaiah 41, 10. Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. For strength, run to God. Romans 15.13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You want hope? You need hope? Run to God. That's it. That's the story. That's the answer. Run to God. Run to Him in everything. Run from everything to Him. Don't run anywhere else. Don't look anywhere else. Run to God. In these problems and hates and pains and struggles, run to God. Because we talked about this last week. Peace. Peace is found in God. He is peace. He is of peace. He gives peace. Everything is God in peace and everything is of God. Everything's come from God. Everything has originated from God. You want joy, you want peace. You want happiness, you want hope, trust, triumph, victory, wisdom, purpose, compassion, strength, fruit, clarity, perseverance, intimacy. You want it all? Go. Run to God. Run to God. It comes from Him. He gives it in abundance. The fears of this world will come, but run to God. You're not going to learn to trust when you keep searching in this world for it. You're not going to learn hope if you keep searching in this world for it. You're not going to get clarity, fortitude, faith from searching for it in this world. Everything you want, everything you want is in God. And maybe in another sermon, I'll give you those verses. You want perseverance? Well, this is what the Lord says. You want intimacy? This is what the Lord says. You want trust? I already gave it to you. Hope? I already gave it to you. You want victory? I'll give you the verse. But in this instance, when the trials and the tribulations of this world seek to tear you down, want you to change and rip your focus away from where it's supposed to be, where you're safest, run to God. You have to. In this situation, I have to. There are three people at the top of my list, who I love the most and are the dearest in my life. My wife, my children. 
Now all of you are, are varying degrees, but unfortunately you're below them. <laughs> I'll go to prison for them. I will do everything in my power to protect those that I love. But what do you do when you can't protect them? What do I do when my strength runs out, when my faith runs out, when my wisdom, everything runs out? I can't run to the doctors. Give me your wisdom, doctors, because you know what? They're screw-ups just like me. They're human just like me. They interpret test results different than me. I can't run to the things of this world for a solution in this world. I have to run to the one who has power over it all. But do you get it? Do you get I listed all these things and I want to drive this point home. Everything you need in this world is not found in this world, but in God, in Jesus, in the Holy Spirit themselves. Everything. Everything is from Him. He created it all. The only thing that's not of Him is sin. So do you want it? No, I don't think so. I got plenty of it. Thank you. Everything else. I want more joy. I want more happiness. I want more health. I want strength. I want compassion. I want truth. I want it all. But the only place to get it is from God. The only place to get salvation is from Jesus and the name of Jesus. Nothing else in this world will bring you close. See, this world wants to drive us away from God. It wants to drive us away. I mean, sin wants you to drive away. It wants to isolate you. It wants you to think you're alone in experiencing and struggles, which just pushes you away. Everything of this world tries to draw your attention away from where it is supposed to be. On God. And you go, it's so easy to say. And I say, I know. I screw up too. I, I struggle too. And I have moments and doubts and weaknesses too. And the Lord understands that. Which is why he never changes. Never changes. Never goes anywhere. So when I screw up and I run, the nice thing is, all I have to do is turn around and he's right there. He didn't go anywhere. I thought I could outrun him. I thought I could hide him from him. Wherever I go, Wherever I go, he will find me. There's no depths I could go, no caves I could hide in, no den of sin, 
that he won't find me and be there for me. But so what's the path forward? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. And I can't know. Because I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. I'm not guaranteed my next breath. Everything is at the mercy of God. And you go, that's harsh. <laughs> it's the truth. So if I draw near to him, he will draw near to me. And so if I run to God, I guess the, the, the correlation is he'll run to me. I reach out for him, he reaches out for me. And even when I don't do all that, he still does, does it for me. That's what we have to remember. Because our sin, and when we're hiding and running, when we're hiding, we are thinking, well, God's hiding his face from me because I sin, so I might as well just hide. But I mean, Genesis 3. He's looking for them. It wasn't like, oh, you guys sinned? What? When did that happen? No. He knew they sinned, yet he was still looking for them, even as they were hiding. That is everything in our lives. And so in the situation with my kid where I can't do squat, except take her to get poked, prodded, and pinned by the things of this world, there is one place I will take her and run with her, and that is to the altar of God. And I will place her in front in God's hands because that's the only safe place. That's the only thing I can do. It's the only thing I can do to save my daughter. It's the only thing I can do to save my son, to save my wife, to save any of you. That is the only thing I can do is to take you before the altar of God, place you in his hands and say, do what you need to do to protect them, Lord. You love them. I love them. I don't want to see them hurt from the things of this world. Protect them, please. And time and time again in my life as I have done that, time and time again, the answer has always been, yes, I will. Yes, I will. Yes, I have. Yes, I am. Every time. Every time. When I have run away, every time. Every time. It has been yes, yes, yes. And so I stand before you now saying, yes, run to God. But there are going to be times that I'm going to struggle in that run. And so I'm going to need you to remind me of this sermon and say, run to God. This is the only thing you can do. This is the only thing we can do for you is tell you to run. Push me to run to God. Because that's what we're supposed to do. That's what you're called to do. That's the race running to God. Not for a life well lived. Not for a life of wealth, safety, peace, joy. But the race is running to God.
So if you're not doing it, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because there's only problems and tribulation here. Where are you running? So much, Lord, is goes through our minds every day. Struggles and trials and problems and allergies and everything. It just all goes through us, Lord. And what do we do? What do we do? And we, we understand that there is a solid foundation, a thing that never changes, that's not of this world. And it's you. And if we draw near, you draw near. If we reach out, you reach out. If we run, you run. So Lord, let us keep our eyes on you in every situation. Happy, sad, frustrating, all of it. Just let your word sink into our heart. And the truth bear fruit, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.